Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Comedy Central. Now hiring. JG, it might be time for you to get back in this classroom. Excuse me? A series of cities all over the country as we get ready to get back to school are facing major teacher shortages. Fort Bend, Indiana, needs 288 teachers. Aldine has 452 teacher vacancies. And Houston, Texas, 800 teacher vacancies. Now, here's the one upside. It's the reason why I bring this story up. If you are currently a teacher in any of these school districts, Mm -hmm. you are essentially unfireable. Do whatever you want. (laughs) Drink, smoke cocaine, have sex in the classroom. They can't touch you, dog. They can't touch you, dog. Do your shit. My name is Roy. This is my job, fam. As we round the corner on summertime here and get ready for the fall, which is football and what the fuck else happens in the fall? You're talking about soccer. Soccer starts. Like I said, what the fuck else happens in the fall? Rod, you're early. So there was an article that I saw that I wanted to pose to the group here as we... We talk a lot about gentrification, right? Mm-hmm. And the problems, gentrification and how it prices communities, out of, it prices the locals out of the community, blah, 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 right? Okay. And we had an episode titled International Players from uh, 2021 where we talked to a series of people, series of Americans who are now expats mm-hmm. living abroad, making a bread while living in foreign countries. Okay. Thank you to Hayat, down South Georgia girl for this one, article in the LA Times. Mexicans are tired of you motherfucking Americans coming down there to work remotely. You're fucking up the fucking country. Oh. Get the fuck out. Oh no. Damn. 
Californians and other Americans are flooding Mexico City in what's being called an international gentrification issue. And um, some of Mexico City's most treasured neighborhoods are being overrun by American tourists and the businesses are now more inclined to kowtow to American customs, which removes the essence of the neighborhood from Mm -hmm. international gentrification. That's not going to work. That's deep. Now, I I'm hesitant to criticize the Americans who have chosen to live in these places because and one of them is on our staff and another one is thinking about we got. We got two niggas in Mexico Facts. on the staff. Now, one for sure is there. The other one is like deciding, you know, <laughs> where they going to go. But because I get it. Number one, cheap rent. You work remote. You live like a yep. king. Yeah. What's the rent in Mexico, Rod? Like oh, $48 yeah. for is, a 10-bedroom? Rent is extremely cheap, especially in American dollars. But uh, you're not going to gentrify Mexico because unlike in America... Uh, the locals in Mexico not scared of white people. Facts. <laughs> and you go down there with this gentrification. White people in America don't understand, but like niggas in the hood know that like the people who don't get fucked with in the hood is the local white people. You know what I mean? Like facts. Like the white people that's there, niggas always assume that any white person in the hood is an undercover cop. nothing bad happens to the white people who roam around in the hood so black people in the hood have this innate fear of white people being cops so they don't touch them but in Mexico you move a bunch of white people in there or Americans in general Hmm. them niggas in the cartel or whatnot will just murder them motherfuckers to get everything back the way it used to be <laughs> okay, right. Murder. That is. Look, he's right. He's not wrong. I mean, the teachers, uh, they always had this thing about the teachers in Juarez. Like, they, they took out mad teachers. Wow. Teachers in Juarez. Just because, like, they were telling the kids not to mess with the drug cartels. They all have, like, mass shootings in Mexico. They have mass graves that are uncovered. You know what I mean? You won't really hear about, oh, some gunman came in and shot 42 people. No. You see news stories about uh, police find 72 bodies in a grave. Them niggas be going to war down there on some extreme street shit. And if you come down there fucking with the way things are, they will just leave 18 headless Americans on the street. They oh, not no. call, they not marching. Mm-mm. They not fucking calling for more God Mexican damn, business man. people and more people to open up their own business. They will just murder these niggas until you decide to leave on your own. The article details how corner stores have been slowly transformed into coffee shops and Pilates studios. It's pissing off a lot of the people because also, you know, they say that, you know, this is from the article that Mexico is classist and racist and people with white skin are given preference, you know. So it's it's one of those things where it's creating a weird atmosphere. Mexico, I think you're safe until you get that Applebee's. That's when it's game over. It's a problem. Gentrification hasn't officially hit your towel until you get a murder Kroger. A bad grocery store. Kind of like they used to have black Walmarts when Walmart was still 24 hours pre-COVID. Yes, sir. You know, you get a a grocery store chain 
that's called the murder one, a gentrification is here. So that brings us to the question, though. Are the Americans wrong for wanting to go somewhere and live abroad and live for cheap and get away from the tyranny and the political bullshit that's polluted this country the last, let's say, seven, eight years for the most part? No, they're not Especially wrong. Especially black folks. They're not wrong. They're, not they're wrong. just being rude. It's like when you go over to somebody's house for the first time who's a friend of a friend or some shit. You don't go in there and just start going in their refrigerator, Correct. going to the bathroom and taking your shoes off and shit. Right. You can go right. to these countries. They'll welcome you, but you have to respect their culture, their traditions, and their mm-hmm. society. You should not be trying to mold that shit into America. You got to get used to what they doing. Don't try to get them used to what you used to. That's the difference though, right? Ain't it? Like at one point when you went overseas, you had to almost, if you really wanted to stay, you had to learn a language. I don't care if it was Germany, Japan, Mexico, you needed to learn a language. And now I feel like we're exporting, unfortunately, like what you would call almost a lot of bad Americans. They don't want to learn the language. They don't really care about your culture. They got enough money to survive and swing it around. Those are the people that end up getting disappeared. Live overseas. (laughs) For real. Like you talk to those people every week for like six months and it's just the shit. And all of a sudden you don't know if they alive or dead no more. That's true. All right. Like this ain't all white folks that's down there. This is an American problem. It's time now for Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Now, are any of you into musicals? Yes. I knew you, Jack. Uh, I'm talking about these two. Wait a minute. Assumed. Pre pre-1979, yes. <laughs> Publicly? I watch musicals the way black women watch baseball with me. <laughs> it's just like, eh, there's food and liquor. Right. Wow. <laughs> you like it. Um, fucking tolerate this shit. <laughs> so, there's a television show that's a hit on Netflix called Bridgerton. And, um, you know, everybody loves the show. It's about interracial fucking in the 1500s or whenever the fuck that time period. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what century it is, but there's a lot of interracial fucking that be going on. And it's a hit. Shonda Rhyme, shout out. Well, Netflix has filed a copyright infringement lawsuit against two women who created the unofficial Bridgerton musical. Oh. Hmm. They straight up took Netflix IP and made a TikTok account that was a fan tribute to the show. Mm. But it somehow became a Grammy winning profitable project on its own. And what you're not going to do is make money off of my shit. You got a Grammy? And not cut me in. They can hang it up. Two women, (laughs) Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear, won a Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album. And Netflix said, not no more, bitch. We want the money. Did they get the statue? They got a Grammy. They got a they Grammy. Got to get oh, fuck Netflix. Netflix takes Respectfully, everything. Fuck Netflix. Like, yeah. they, like they, have, they have no leg to stand on. They blatantly ripped off Netflix, blatantly profited from it. There's video evidence. We wouldn't know about it if it wasn't for video evidence. Like, yeah, they... They, they might as well get Netflix whatever the fuck they asking for, because if not, the court is going to give them even more. <laughs> they were competing against albums by Andrew Lloyd Webber, <laughs> Burt Bacharach, <laughs> and a Bob Dylan musical. 
and they won. That's crucial. They fucking so won. <laughs> That's three people to stomp right there. That is monstrous almost. That, wow. That's that's insane. Yeah, it started during the pandemic with the basic premise. What if Bridgerton was a musical and the two girls started writing songs based on plot lines from the popular Netflix series and posting the clips on TikTok? In early 2021, of course, the videos went viral because Bridgerton was hot because everybody liked watching interracial fucking from the 1400s. <laughs> and they won Grammy. Give me them ancient pogs, baby. <laughs> They're going to lose. Oh, absolutely. They're going to lose. Absolutely. But the fact still remains. I mean, but they've already won. Exactly. That's my point. They already won. Already won. You can take it for. It's like when you took OJ's Heisman. So, so what, what, nigga? I already won it. Right. You give a fuck. If the Oscars were ever to take Juicy J's Oscar away, he can be like, "I have partied and popped with this joint." Like it you can't. Don't, it don't matter, matter once you give me the trophy. As the great Ja Rule once said, "Not the great Ja Rule." Oh. No matter what, you know what? I still fucked you. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> For copyright infringing your way to a Grammy Award and now being able to create numerous opportunities for yourself within the industry from here on out. For scamming your way Mm-mm. to the top and getting a motherfucking Grammy for it. Oh, yes. Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear, you are Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Totally support this. Trash. One of them girls from Birmingham. Trash. She got that scam in her. It's in her. <laughs> Not nice. She got that scammer in her. One time for she Big Larry, you know? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> One time for Big Larry. Oh, double L, double L. Okay, let's get into the show now. All I right. can't believe y'all don't remember Little Worse Shop of Horrors. With Tisha Campbell in the background singing. But go ahead. That was great. But that's a musical. I'd agree. That's a musical. But any of that Disney shit is just a kid's movie with songs. Those are all musicals. <laughs> Not musicals. There, there it's right. There, there's got to be a it's line. There's got to be a line. There's got to be a line. Like the, like the Lion King, the origin of Lion King is a motherfucking movie. Right. And no it's music. still a no. musical. So then you sing it, and now you made it a musical, and now you had like the musical supersedes the source material, nope. which was some just a regular ass story. Yes, the Lion nope. King. The origin of Lion King is actually uh, a much older animated movie called Kimba, but we don't have time to get into yeah, that. Yeah, right they stole that shit. Yeah, they stole that shit. Disney should get back all their fucking trophies. Stole the shit out of that. <laughs> get back your trophies, motherfucker. <laughs> All the shit y'all steal from people. Stole that shit right out of Japan. <laughs> Let's talk now about protecting yourself legally because that is the one that really will hurt you way longer in the long run if you start making legal mistakes. Uh, we have a guest who has a podcast dedicated to a lot of the different intricacies in entertainment law. I don't know if it's just entertainment law. Maybe it's a little bit more than that. The law is laws is far and wide. JG, who do we have on the on the we line? We have Paul Sarker, and he is an industry veteran, entertainment lawyer, and the co-host of the podcast Better Call Paul. As a former, yeah, oh, Better nice. Call Paul. <laughs> yeah. As a former Marvel Studios attorney, Paul is well versed in the bi- Oh, he sued mm-hmm. everybody. Paul is well versed in the business and legal issues at play in Hollywood 
each week with a bit of humor and zest, he and his co-host Mesh give listeners a peek into how the industry really works with insider and behind the scenes stories. Welcome, Paul. Hi, Paul. Hey, thank you guys for having me. It's great to be here. Paul, now as a former Marvel attorney, you have sued a lot of people. What are y'all looking for when it's time to sue people? Like if I'm like, okay, I give you an example. I did a sketch for Comedy Central. Oh my God, I can't even think of the name of it. The name will come to me in a second, but it was a sketch about a fictitious Luke Cage who's trying to protect Harlem and all that. We cannot call him Mm. Luke Rage. We cannot call him Mm. Puke Mage. We cannot call him Suke Sage. We just, I can't think of the name that we called him, but we had like a fake Captain America. We had a, we had a guy that was portraying the Falcon, but his name was Night Pigeon. (laughs) We couldn't even go Hawk, Osprey, Bird of Prey. Like when it comes to IP as sacred as something as Marvel, how much risk are content creators putting themselves at if they fly too close to the sun of parody? Or does Marvel, do y'all see that shit in the law offices? You're like, oh, that was funny. Don't delete his YouTube page. Let it ride. So it's a great question. I would say, one, at, at, at the threshold, I actually don't do a lot of suing people. I, I do more like contract deals. But although I could send a threatening Ooh, letter okay. and make you stop what you're doing. I like you know, <laughs> Kind of the... Because suing people is expensive, and and Marvel's really good with their money. So I mean, they might sue you if 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 it was like worth. You have to have a lot of money, right? Otherwise, they kind of just threaten. I you. like the fact that you don't sue people. I really like the fact that you know. Now I look at you a little bit better as a lawyer person in entertainment. Go ahead, sir. I'm still kind of a scumbag, right, but right, I don't I can sue deal with people. That. Uh, I can deal with that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. When you said parody, that's a. I think you're talking about fair use, and that's a copyright concept. But when you mm-hmm. said Luke Cage, yeah. those could also be trademark issues. And if flying too close to a trademark, then you're not going to have a fair use defense or a parody defense. Just to draw an example, right? So like Weird Al, his songs, that's Gangster not an, an infringement on Coolio because it's fair use. It's kind of a parody of the song. No one would confuse it with the song. And it's not really – I mean, it's using some of the harmonies. And the lyrics kind of sound the same, but it's not. It's been deemed to not really be an infringement. It's a fair use, and that's sort of what you're saying. But <clears throat> to answer your question, if I were representing someone and they said, "I have this really great script," or "I have this really great character that I created," and yeah, he's kind of like this billionaire inventor. He has a red suit and flies around and lives in Malibu. I would say that's probably not a great idea. You know, worst case scenario, if you do put all this time and money, develop something like a TV show, and you were able to get it financed and release it, they could say, hey, we want all your profits, right? And so really? that's oh, that's the kind of the deterrence there. Cut throat. Cut throat. Yeah. So yeah. how litigious is, like, like, when you say you did contracts, I would assume that's for talent between talent and studios? Yeah, so talent and studio. So, well, the first half of my career, I was at Marvel, so I would – you know, do all the contracts because I was cheap, right? So I would do talent contracts, leases, location agreements, VFX, like you name it, theme park licenses and just reviewing stuff because, you know, I'm a good lawyer and they didn't have to pay me very much. So I would really look at everything. Uh And uh, I I ended up doing a lot of business affairs and, and film production stuff because there was such a high volume of that. Now I do 
similar things in, in talent, but also I do a lot of sports, a lot of distribution. To answer your question, so the reason the podcast, we don't actually have an agenda. We actually start the week fresh, and it's Thursday. Like Thursday every week, we go through the kind of crazy stories that happened in the entertainment industry, whether it's lawsuits or a deal getting announced or something that, you know, some dispute. And then we'll just pick two or three each and we'll decide, hey, which one should we talk about this week? That gets me exactly to why I wanted you on the show and where I feel like you have something that can contribute to the bigger world of employment, not just in the sector of law, is how to negotiate boldly without losing the deal. Because in this instance, you're talking about losing the deal. But for a lot of people in the world, the deal is the job offer. How do you make bold negotiate? What are some of the negotiating tactics that you've used in terms of trying to play a little bit of game of, I don't know if it's poker or it's chicken. I'm not sure which game you're playing in a lot of instances. But if it's about negotiating your starting salary, negotiating a relocation fee or negotiating just a, a promotion. Hey, I think I'm worth 10 more percent this year. The price of the dope then went up. What are ways that people can go about that tactfully mm-hmm. without, without losing their job and more importantly, without there being tension? Because that's the thing that I've noticed in entertainment law is that you will battle down to the fucking penny. But the moment the deal is signed, everybody's cool again. Because it was all business. There was never, any, at least in the negotiations that I've been a part of, there were yeah. no lingering hard feelings. But I can't say that about more traditional employment sectors. So just any 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 skills that you have used in those in those sectors, please bless our listeners with that. So uh, another great question. I mean, what I'd say is you want to be informed, right? So you want to understand the market. Uh, so you have a sense of what, let's say, what the job is. Uh, there's a lot of resources on what market is in terms of base and bonus and potentially if you can get some sort of equity or restricted stock award, depending on what level you're at. Uh, but you want to know what the market is and so that if they lowball you, you can sort of uh, – you'll, you'll know right away. And the other thing is I think if you go about it respectfully mm-hmm. in the sense that like, hey, I'd like to – Separate two things. Like one, it's whether you'd be good for the role and whether the role would be good for you. And the second is the sort of compensation benefits package. So let's put them on parallel paths because obviously if you're perfect for the role, then maybe you'd be a little bit more flexible on compensation. And if it's a role that you really would not want to do or the company that isn't what you, where you want to be, maybe they pay you what you're willing to take, but it's not a job that you would want to be at in six months. So okay. I would say – you know, as you're getting to interview, you're also interviewing the company to see if it's a job that or a place that you would thrive. And at the same time, as that process matures, if you've gone a couple rounds, you could say, you know, I'd like to have a conversation about sort of like the value that I bring or, or you know, what this role is and, and compensation, quite frankly, because you don't want to tiptoe around yes. it too much when you get serious about it, when you know that you'd be a good person for the job. And I think they'd respect you. And in New York, right, it also depends on the state. In New York, they're not allowed to ask you what you make, right? They're not allowed to, in California, they're not allowed to ask you what you're currently making. They And they're also not allowed to, uh, hide the ball on the salary. So they have to state what the range of the compensation is for the opening under nice. labor law. So you, you're you allowed to know those things going into it. And if they say, oh, well, what are you making right now? You can say, 
I'm not in- inclined to discuss that, and you're not really required to. But there's so many resources now in a job market that's this high. I mean, who knows if the recession takes hold and things change, but there's a lot of headhunters and recruiters and resources online that say what the sort of mm-hmm. market is for any particular role. So if you know, you're know you not fortunate enough to have someone that negotiates that deal on your behalf, the best thing you can do is make yourself as informed as possible. And I'd say be direct about it. Know what your value is and communicate that and then state what what you what you're looking for and why beautiful thank you sir well the podcast is better call paul we thank you it's every thursday we appreciate you for coming on the job fair any social handles you want to you want to pass out to the people or do they just need to find you over there on the pod uh yeah you can it's uh yeah just paul sarker uh and paul ash sarker are my instagram uh you can find me there but yeah Better call Paul. Well, there you go. Thank you so much for coming on the job fair. Thank you for having me. Take care, guys. Appreciate it. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift. And danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Adam Levin standing by. We're going to put him back in the two-timer club. We're going to talk about these VPNs cloaking remote work. Can you hide from your boss in another country with that hate NAS IT department? Hate NAS IT. Trying to track where you are. That's a good question. Yeah. That's well, we're going to teach people how to do that shit with Adam Levin. I'm very fortunate that I can go where I want to go. Yeah. Well, not my homeboy's wife. She put up a whole American backlash. She went to FedEx office, nigga made a backdrop uh-huh. and made it look like a regular. Oh. And then was overseas and had that shit sitting up in the background. Oh. You know in them old school Al-Qaeda hostage videos, they just have like a white sheet. Yeah. Like a big, that's how she had her office set up, but it looked like just Cleveland <laughs> in the background. I support the commitment, man. You gotta support the commitment. <laughs> it's on a Zoom chat with a background looking like she doing a hit for ESPN. I support this. Oh, did they catch her? Yeah, the IT Oh guy. gosh. He had nothing to do. Cause the 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 IP mm-hmm. you know the IP was pinging off of some some European shit. He's like, who the fuck is in Europe? And that's how they fucking track you down. But Adam will teach you how to be better at that. But now, nothing better to do. It's our pleasure to bring on a man who invented the sundress. He was voted side dude of the year by Essence Magazine 2002, 2009, respectively. If you're somewhere down there in Middle Tennessee, it's a little hot outside, so the scent doesn't travel as far. So you gotta double dose yourself. And um, 
with a little bit of Evans Williams on one side of your neck and a little bit of that little bit of that vagin on the other side of your neck and he will appear. Mama named him Narado. We call him Rod for short. Rod, are you familiar with this trend that's going around on TikTok? Women are putting coochie juice on their neck, JG, to attract men. Yeah. Really? And I love it. I am here for it, buddy. <laughs> are you that's serious? Right. I'm, I'm all about the vajazzling of the, I'm all about the, you know, when they be jazzled the vajayjay yeah. and they put the, you know, those, the merkins. I'm all about that, but the dab in the juice, bro, I don't know. I'm down. That's another level, bro. That's that's actually good. You know, usually Man, the smell test, doing. you got to get your fingers in there. You got to get too close to her. Go ahead and put it on your neck. Let it yeah. be emanating when I walk in the room so I know whether or not I want to get within six feet. So women are really just desperate. Is that desperate? Extremely. It's called vabbing is the TikTok trend. It says you should use vaginal juice as perfume. I think it's hot. I think it's a Dabby. natural thing. How is that? I, I can't. I don't think that's. I desperate. think it's hot. That's desperation. Sounds that's like you just scared. Sounds like you scared to unleash the beast. Call me scared, boo. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. But go ahead. Learn that puss on your neck and let us all smell it. If you ain't scared no, of how, what's going on down there. I will say mm. this: If you're in a job that you don't like and you're trying to get a quick little sexual harassment, oh. so that might be the way to go. No. Hmm. Don't get them riled up. Hmm. Don't get them riled up. That milkshake gonna bring them boys to the yard. Not bad. Yes, yeah, it's gonna bring a, it's gonna bring a legal settlement, out of court settlement to that the yard. <laughs> that snooch hole number five. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that mega millions. This how you need to be setting folks so up. So what's the origins of this? Because this is the vagina. <laughs> it's TikTok. Where does anything on TikTok come from? Really? You're eating Tide Pods. Where did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we bring Rod on this program every week to give you topics to break the ice with co-workers you can't stand, co-workers of the opposite race, people that you generally wouldn't have shit to say to, but you're forced into social situations that are awkward. And <laughs> that way you don't have to do the work of finding shit to say to. So Rod, Turn it over to you today as we get these people some shit to talk about up there at the job. Uh, right now, something that a, a lot of black people will be interested in is that LaFlair, good old Gucci Mane, has come out mm. and implored rappers to stop dissing dead rappers and dead friends of people in their songs. And this is a, this is a huge show of growth from Gucci as he is the person who started this trend. What is it? Did he start that shit? Like 15 years ago when uh, one of Young Jeezy's friends uh, attempted to rob Gucci Mane in a setup and Gucci killed him what? and then proceeded to oh. rap about murdering killed Jeezy's friend on a record. And, and Gucci Mane has come out and For said years. he's scared that he started a trend that is very damaging to the community and he wants it to stop and he's going to be the first person to stop it. That's that's huge news. You scared now? Yeah, because, you know, because that's a, cause that's a big part youth. of drill music. Yeah. One of the major parts of drill music and just a lot of rap in general for the people who are like 30 and under is, uh, you know, talking about their ops, which is enemies for the white people listening. Right. But they talk a lot, you know, they right. these people are in real street gangs 
and they just rap on the side. So a lot of their music is about killing other people in their city. And then they proceed to make songs about mm-hmm. how they kill those niggas and that they're dead and pissing on their graves and all this kind of shit. That's terrible. Yeah, the nuance in rap is gone. It's just straight up, yeah, I did it and what. Like, the body is still in the ER. And they'll put out a song immediately oh. about that. The worst is trying to explain to the children that, you know, the, first of all, the, the beat is not that good. But what they're talking about is horrible. And y'all dance to the shit like it's cool. There's a whole song called uh, Who I Smoke. And the whole song is about them killing these kids and smoking them like sacks of weed. And it's like, uh, this is bad. Like, you can't go around cheering for this kind of shit. The other problem I have is that a lot of these, the drill stuff that, that Rod's definitely pointing out, man, they'd be the smallest dudes you will ever see with, like, huge-ass guns. Like, big ass. to be tiny as shit. Talking about, I'm going to smoke this person and smoke that person. He 4-1 holding a doggone Ruger. Talking about some, he, your arm going to fall off shooting people that little man. All them little dudes, they all at the biggest damn Shit is nuts, man. Seen. It is it's not weird. a game. Gucci Mane is doing some mm-hmm. something very good for the community by trying to get this shit to stop. Because it is out of control. Doesn't he have children? Gucci? I don't know. Not that I know of. I'm, I'm I've just... never heard anything about him. I know he got married a couple years ago. I've never heard okay. anything about Gucci Man having a child that I know of. And I'm just wondering, because usually with marriage, children, you know, that kind of growth comes about. I'm not saying that's the only way you can grow, but I'm just curious as to what's making him grow. And also, he's getting older, I'm sure, and mortality setting in. A ton of therapy and also... Well, Gucci went to prison for a couple years, and when oh, he came out, he was a, he was okay. a yeah, different totally dude. Totally a different dude. And uh, Keisha Kior, she, you know, she held yeah. him down while he was in prison and was invested in his money for him, so he came out a family man, therapy, wrote a wonderful, wonderful autobiography. Oh, really? Who is it he's friends with? Is it Malcolm Gladwell that he got close to and, and read a lot of his mm. stuff? And I can believe they that. They became friends. I think it was. I think it's Gladwell. Excellent. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he lost weight, got his teeth fixed, everything. Gucci Man got five yeah. kids, y'all. Okay. This was including a, oh, uh, wow. a four-month-old son okay. from 2021. Yeah, which is why when he did what he did with Jeezy, that was so huge. Because, yeah, you know, he told Jeezy, go dig your partner up. I bet you he can't say shit. It was like, God damn. Oh. He even performed that song in front of Jeezy during their verses. During their verses, that's right. But then they they, they buried the hatchet after that. But that was, oh my yeah. Let's flip it up real quick, Rod. That Gucci Man's a good one, man. Gucci turned over a new leaf really is unprecedented yeah. shit that you would even see happen. On the other end, for your white co-workers, for the last nine months, there has been a war raging in India between dogs and monkeys. Mm-hmm. And I mean a real Yo. fucking war is going on. So monkeys versus dogs yeah, in it India. started in November. November 2021, uh, some dogs killed a baby monkey. And oh. since then, the monkeys... <laughs> then the dog told the monkey, go dig your partner up. I bet you he can't say shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong. <laughs> so wrong. So wrong. But yeah, after that happened, since then, the monkeys have been coming into town and killing every dog they see. 
the no. death toll. What? <laughs> the death toll is now over 300 dogs have been murdered, including in one village. They have eradicated all the dogs <laughs> in the village. Fuck. The monkeys come into town, snatch puppies, drag them to the top of buildings, and throw them off. They have been murking dogs since December here. Yo. D- oh. And this is all over the death all of that one, that one baby. baby. They kill one monkey, and now they're trying to make dogs extinct. This is a fucking John Wick <laughs> level. Fucking round. You killed my... <laughs> Yo, what's crazy, Rod, I'm, 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 holding you. I'm, I'm trying to back you up here, homie. I, I see a story in the post. It's two monkeys that killed 250 fucking they dogs. They are tearing these two dogs monkeys. apart, though. It has been two happening monkeys. for almost a year now. They killed that baby monkey in November, and since then, these monkeys are trying to do everything they can to wipe dogs off the face of the earth. <laughs> like the local cops arrested the monkeys. <laughs> They're going crazy. Yes, they deserve to die. And I hope they that was true. I felt that. Wow. Literally, they're just, let's kill all the dogs. This is the only way to make they this right. They out for blood, man. They out for fucking blood. Oh my God, the video on this shit is ridiculous. I'm not even going to send it. It is bad. Oh, this is bad. And I will say this. Ooh. If there's one way to cut down on white gentrification of your country, <laughs> it is to just be chilling at a coffee shop. And then a dog just flies down through the umbrella <laughs> and lands in your fucking scone or whatever the fuck your Americanized hey, treat is in this country. On top of the building. With sunglasses on. Standing in front of a mission accomplished Pets banner. Pets are out of the question. <laughs> Jake Jacqueline would not laugh. I, I don't about, find I, it I, funny at all. I I know, I know you don't. I'm simply trying to use this issue to solve another Which issue. Is. That's all I'm saying is that release monkeys into the neighborhood to get rid of children. What if they captured five of these monkeys and then just put them in a different city, like on like a SEAL team type fucking mission? If you discover it, we can't acknowledge your existence. <laughs> No. <laughs> like the no, original no, no. rednecks? The target is a dog park near Mexico City. We need to get these white folks who stop doing yoga in the dog park. No. It's just a monkey's dressed no. up like banditos. It's like the Magnificent Seven. These <laughs> <laughs> monkeys come in on fucking on mini horseback and they just laying dogs to fuck down. <laughs> No questions, no words. Just come in and just start taking dogs out from out of nowhere. It's not Mm. fucking funny, but god damn, don't fuck with monkeys. Don't fuck with them. They got opposable thumbs, man. They not here for the bullshit. I'm mad you've shown me this story because now this is all I'm going to be looking at for the rest of the fucking week. This is crazy. Like, this shit is straight up big. It started in November. It is still going on today. I wouldn't tell you to look up the video, JG, because I know how you are, but man, like, yo, it looks like it's wire work. It literally looks like wire work. Like, it looks like the the monkeys 
or some out of some kind of movie. Like they are re- like this is crazy. Dude, you got me on this one, homie. Wow. I don't know what this to is... do. I'm not looking at that video. I don't know who sent it to me. I'm not. <laughs> it's about hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. You're in pain, so you're trying to pass that pain on, and then going to the studio and making a track and telling everybody how you they got through your partner off the roof. <laughs> Bitch ass motherfucker ain't say nothing but. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. Oh, I'm so I'm sad. Sorry. <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> Stop laughing, third. That was wrong. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. His his podcast <laughs> is Uncle Rod's story. Sad, Rod. I don't like it. <laughs> his podcast. Don't wait here. I don't make the news. I just report it. <laughs> 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 you can listen to his podcast wherever you download our podcast. Rod, as always, we thank you, brother. And um, I'll leave you to the rest of your blessing. Thank you, Rod. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. Bro, bro. I shouldn't have done that. Where's your Rocky Raggy? Scam of the week time. So terrible. So terrible. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, dog owners. I know they're mad at us right now. Not us. Gone. We've gone like 70, almost 80 episodes. We've never, you know, this isn't who we normally are. I just got a dog. I don't know if I feel bad at all, but I I just. (laughs) Scam of the week time. Got a two-timer up in here, third. Now, the two-time mm. club is the illustrious part of the job fair, but yes. we welcome people that have been on this show more than once. This is a vaulted, exalted club to be a part True. of. True. Got Bomani Jones, two-time, mm-hmm. here champion. Pastor Crosswhite to been on the show two times, and of course, our favorite two-timer, not racist Susan. Susan. From Huntsville. <laughs> What up, girl? Listening. Not racist, Susan. We want you to know that we love you. This brother came on the show before and talked to us a great deal about the idea of being fished by a potential employer, only to reveal that it's a hacker trying to get your information. His podcast is What the Hack with Adam Levin. Adam Levin, welcome back to the job fair. Now, Adam, last time we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but we we had done, I had a friend who was working remote. Yes, sir. And she was caught by her company's IT department working out of the country. Oh, yeah. And it was a big to-do because she was in Paris, and she had set up a background in her in her little villa in Paris to make it look like she was still in America and was just <laughs> doing her job. I like her style. Yes. Because there's there's no job requirement that you do the, that you have to be in America to do the job, but some of the other employees were getting funky, but it was fucking with morale. Mm. So when they found out, they told her, all right, look, we know you're in Paris, but you can't tell any of the other employees because it's going to fuck up the company. So continue to fake being in America, to which I said, couldn't you just get a VPN and work? And we're talking I'm talking now specifically about the scam that is starting to happen of people taking on two remote jobs full time with one employer, not knowing what the other employer Mm -hmm. is is doing. Right. Can a VPN protect you and let you double dip in two different companies? Because, you know, a lot of people are taking on two remote jobs and then outsourcing the job that they really don't like 
and still pension, basically splitting the salary with another motherfucker overseas, which to me is ingenious. I think it's all in the game. I think the shit is fair. Yes. Does a VPN help protect you from the IT guy who was snooping all up in your fucking hard drive, seeing what your IP address to see physically where you are in the nosy mother. No, no question. VPN stands for virtual private network, and it's an encrypted. Think of it as an encrypted tube that connects your device to wherever it is you're trying to get. It's to. like a privacy screen. You don't need to know where I'm at, motherfucker. Let me put down my VPN. It, yeah, and, and there are VPN. The only issue, of course, with VPNs. Use the ones that you pay for, because the ones that are free, you're the product. They're collecting your data. Now, you know, a lot of them say, you know, we're, and especially if they're operating overseas, there's also now the whole issue with the uh, GDPR, which is the General Data Privacy uh, Regulation. Okay, maybe Jacqueline's trying to question was valid. <laughs> I had to yeah, come back to talk about China. Right. Well, no, and that's why we say to people, if you go to places like, you know, reported, go to Russia or China, whatever, uh-huh. use a burner phone and get a device specially for that because they hack you from the second that you get anywhere near them. So you got to do that. But uh, this is part of actually one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, when we, we did the book Swiped and it, you're operating in a world where breaches have become the third certainty in life. So you're going to get, you're going to get hit. And the reality is the only reason why they may not have hit you so far is because they had so many people to choose from. They took them a while to get around to you. So, or it could be you clicked on the wrong link or opened the wrong attachment. But so we created a framework that would make people sort of feel more comfortable, make it more accessible in terms of how you protect yourself. And it's called the three M's. How do you minimize your risk of exposure, reduce your attackable surface? Not easy in a world where there are 35 billion Internet Things devices from your coffee pot to your refrigerator to your uh, security cameras to your uh, computer to the HVAC system in your home. I mean, everything Mm -hmm. is a smart device, except they've been made dumb the way they've been made dumb is they all come with a manufacturer default password and all of them are for sale on the dark web. Mm-hmm. So, you know, rule number one, change the password when you get any device that connects into the Internet. So the first M, minimize your risk of exposure. The second M, okay. monitor. How do you monitor so you know you have a problem as fast as possible? And the third M is how do you manage the damage? So it's minimize, monitor, manage and there are caddy and it there is same for businesses as for consumers maybe a little different twist but as a consumer first thing is password protocol do not use a dumb password like password or one two three four five six or nine eight seven six five four don't do that <laughs> also even if you have a really good password don't share it across your universe of passwords I be forgetting them passwords. I ain't got time to remember 47 different passwords. I got an answer for you. Get a password manager. They're good. There are a number of them that are very good, and they're so highly encrypted that if the password manager, the company, gets breached, they're so well encrypted, nobody can do anything with them anyway. Password manager will create, it will store your own passwords, but if you say to yourself, 
I'm never going to come up with R, S, dollar sign, 1, F, Z, whatever. Then, you know, get a password manager. It can create passwords for you, and they're multi-platform. If you get the ones you pay for, that means it will be good for your phone, it'll be good for your computer, it'll be good for your iPad, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's you Apple people, man. My Google, the yeah. Google joint has that. In fact, when I got the Pixel, that was the first thing that kind of flipped me out is that it started, started going through and changing my shit for me and being like, you got too many of the same password. Mm. Apparently, you can't use, like, use Draws 21 for everything. <laughs> Especially since there are about 600 other people in the world, maybe 600,000 other people in the world that may use that one too. So, 6,000, that many people is using use draws as a password. It was an eye opener, sir. I I agree. I didn't think that many people would be into it. So, so, you know, get a password manager. Second thing is um, use what they call two factor authentication. Mm. And that's where you you start to. log onto a website and then something pops up and says, uh, press this and we'll send a code to your trusted mm-hmm. device, whether it's your phone, your email. The only problem is if the code they send is sent to your email and your email gets compromised, well, <laughs> the bad guys get the code. Yeah. There's also a thing called SIM swapping where they, they pay off somebody at the phone company to tell them, uh, you know, what your what your password is Are you uh, or, or, or they get them to transfer your phone number unbeknownst to you to the bad guys. So when the code comes in, oh. it comes to the bad guy. Ooh. So nice. it can happen. That's why a lot of people do a thing now where they, 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 with their mobile provider, they have a pin number to their account. But then don't create one two three four or one 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 or zero zero zero, or a lot of people use their anniversary date, that their birth date, their kids' birthdays, and again, so many people are on social media telling everybody everything about themselves, and yep. you know hackers and scammers they follow people on social media. So, wow. so that, that's that's a two factor authentication. Don't click on links or open attachments. A lot of people that get stuff from people, they think it's from their boss. They think it's from their good buddy. I would say to people, if you get something from somebody, I know it's a buzzkill. Pick up the phone and say, did you really send me this? Mm. And even then, they might have gotten something that wasn't good. They didn't realize there was malware on it, but Mm. they sent it to you as, oh, look at this cat picture. Well, the cat picture had malicious code on it. So you have to be careful with that. Don't mm. download every app that's the newest, coolest app in the world. Go to mm. the App Store on mm-hmm. Apple. Go to Google Play, although Google Play's had some incidents recently. So you got to be mm. careful. Read reviews. If somebody's mm-hmm. had a problem, they're going to get real loud. Read the reviews. <laughs> Freeze your credit. Simple. You go to the three credit reporting agencies. There's a process. Not that hard. Takes a little time. And that means once your credit is frozen, no one, including you, can get into your credit without a special PIN number. And you can thaw it if you're getting a loan for something and then refreeze it. But it's very important. And you can do it for your kids, too, which is really important. You can do it. And it's free now. Free. Mm. So. Well, good, man. 
Well, the book is Swiped, How to Protect Yourself in a World Full of Scammers, Fishers, and Identity Thieves. The podcast is What the Heck with Adam Levin. Adam, thank you for coming back thank on the you, show. Adam. Thank you for confirming that I can get a VPN and hide from my <laughs> fucking hating-ass supervisor just because I want to work in France mm. and don't want to be... It. As always, sir, thank you so much for coming on the job fair. Thank you so much. Call for us the ICO. Let me know when you need my kids. Either way, I got you, bro. Good stuff. Absolutely. After the break. Word up. After the break. We're getting into the world of employment. It's the job fair. We'll be right back. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Now, JG... What are your reality shows of choice? When Real World came out, I really enjoyed that. That's aging me, but I really enjoyed that. And I learned a lot from the black guy who was on there, the first one, because you never really saw him. He used all that time in New York to go and do other things. He went on business calls. (laughs) I thought that was brilliant. (laughs) And they even pulled him to the side one time and they said, why aren't you ever here? And he just kind of looked around. But then when they did like a reunion special or whatever, he even told them, man, I had so many different business calls to take care of. So I don't really watch reality, sir. And that was pre-Zoom. You actually had to meet a motherfucker. You had to go to the fucking... Uh, reality TV, you know, there are parts of it that are true. There are parts of it that are a little bit uh, fabricated isn't the word. Mm. I just say you have to cheat it for television, you know. Mm-hmm. Like people try to say, well, I've been in reality TV. No, I was in competition television. And to me, there's a difference. Neither a difference. neither world is scripted. But Last Comic Standing ain't The Bachelorette. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not Mm-mm. the same world. And Part of the city is not the circle. You know what I'm saying? The circle. Saying? Like, I watch those so, reality shows, man, because my wife was definitely into them joints, and, and I can't argue in the bedroom. If she I wants to watch, think, we're watching it. And I think where today's reality stars have figured out the sweet spot, and this is where we fucked up as comedians on Last Comic Standing. We were so locked in on winning that we forgot to be memorable. Mm. And to me, that's really what it's all about. It's about figuring out a way to do things that resonate with the viewer, because if you do that, please believe the producers are going to find other ways to keep flipping and working with you and growing with you. Just ask Tiffany Pollard. Just ask Flavor Flav and what was it? Brigitte Nielsen. Mm. It was a long list. I love New York. New York didn't win Flavor of Love, but she won. She's got a show. Mm. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. Who do we have on the line, JG? I'm excited to talk to this woman, and 
and have her break down a little bit of this world of reality TV. It's always good when we have an international guest. Absolutely international. We have model and reality television personality, Chloe Beach. She's best known for her appearance in Too Hot to Handle and The Circle. Beach has also appeared in the celebrity Ghost Trip, where she was partnered with Too Hot to Handle co-star Nicole and Celebrity Hunted 2022. So that proves your point. Exactly. Because they brought her right back around, Roy. Yep. The podcast is banging with Chloe Beach. Chloe, welcome to the job fair. Thank you for joining us from across the pond. Let's just, (laughs) off the jump, let's just get into the podcast. How do you get people to talk about all they sex shit with you? Like, what is the secret to creating that warmth? Why are you wanting me? I'm asking her her (laughs) secrets as an interviewer. Oh, okay. Do you know what? I think when you're vulnerable, as an interviewer, and you kind of let some stories slip on your end, you automatically make the guest feel comfortable and vulnerable and willing to open up about their sex lives as well. And I obviously always tell them, like, if you don't feel comfortable, raise your hand. But if not, we're definitely putting it in with them. Nice. Like, when when you first go out for these types of shows, like The Circle, it's, I would imagine, what's the audition? What was the audition mm. or submission process? Is it just you sent them a couple of your Instagram clips? Did they look through your social media to see what type of partier you were? Or was it kind of a formal sit down type thing? Because I'm from an era 20 years ago where you would literally go to some hotel conference room, wait in line with a bunch of motherfucking strangers for eight mm-hmm. hours, and then you would have 90 seconds to impress a stranger and then either you got a phone call or you didn't. So basically what happened was um, I used to work in a fish and chip shop. So I used to sell chips and French fries for mm-hmm. a living, right? I got into modeling and then what happened was I'd done a little modeling job and I met someone who was a casting producer. So she, she rang me and she was like, Chloe, I've got this, this show for you. Do you, do you want to come on it? I said, well, what is it? She said, I can't tell you what it is. Just <laughs> wow, classic. I thought, oh, right. this is going to be shit. I don't want to go on it. Right? She's not selling it to me. Anyway, it got to the interview questions. I was being asked all the raunch- raunchiest stuff, right? Like, have you ever had a threesome? Have you ever had sex with your best friend's partner? Damn. Have you ever... Um, and I just thought, what type of show is this? What am I getting myself into? And then obviously I found out later on down the line it was taught to handle and it was to be on Netflix. But obviously I weren't made aware of that. I just thought it was a really sketchy process to begin with. How much of you is your true self on camera versus mm. off camera in these types of scenarios? I mean, to be honest with you, taught to handle, I was so naive. I was like 19 years old and I mm. had no clue, no clue about TV or nothing. So I was just like winging it. Um, but on the circle, I kind of knew how the game was played sort of thing. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to make some really good airtime on this show. I've got the opportunity. I've got one up in the others because I've already been on TV before. I didn't win fuming. But behind the scenes on the circle for me, I was so exhausted from being isolated mm. for so long. I had to isolate for three weeks before joining the show. And then I had to isolate on the show because it's an isolation show, right? Whenever I got really tired and said, <laughs> I sound like such a diva, I promise I'm not. Um, 
said to one of the producers, I'm really, really tired, like I need to go to sleep. I would sleep four or five hours during the day. And then I would just be woke up by the producer and then go, right, Chloe, showtime. And then I'd just start. I'd be like 100 wow. an hour again. So like the circle was different to talk to her. The talk to her on the cameras were on us all the time. Like I couldn't shit. That's not good. No cameras in the bathroom. You have a particular stance as it relates to stigmas and stereotypes. Will you share some of that with us, please? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've always, like, since being in this industry, like, I want to talk about stuff that I'm passionate about on my Instagram. And, like, there's a stigma around the word influencer, and I hate it. And, like, when people come up to me in the street and they're like, oh, my God, you're that famous person. I'm like, am I famous though? Like I've been on a couple of TV shows, but am I really famous? And like the stigma around being an influencer, because obviously the TV is where you get the exposure. And then off the back of the TV, that's where you get the the brand collaborations with like small businesses or big businesses that you genuinely love yourself. So like I love Fashion Over, so I work with them. And so many people just give me stick around being an influencer and and being fake and pretend. And I was I was having a conversation with someone on the train yesterday, and he said to me like, "Being an influencer, you could you could you could be anyone. Like a sales guy is an influencer. If you influence someone in the right way that makes you feel comfortable, that you're passionate about doing it in the right way. So it's like my podcast banging as well, like." That gives me fire in my belly knowing I've got that. Like you guys will know having your own podcast because you can talk about shit you want to talk about. Like you can be yourself. When the networks ain't talking to you or the people ain't touching you, you just got to be Chloe. So what's the difference? Like what have you seen as far as the progress of how all the reality shows have kind of progressed over the years? To be honest with you, I feel like because influencers and certain people have either... Like mental health is mm-hmm. a big thing at the minute. It's massive. And now it's something and it's, it's a topic that people are now aware of that we speak about constantly. I think that what I found is that with Netflix, progressing from top model to then mm-hmm. too hot to then the circle, the, the comfort and the support system that I got on the show, before the show, and when I come off the show... Like, that's the only real difference that I've felt and seen that's being on it. different shows. Like, other than that, they're all mm. kind of the same. Do you know what I mean? There's always the exec producer. There's always the director. There's always downtime. But, like, the, the things that I care about the most mm-hmm. are the aftercare. Like, are we being looked after? One thing you stopped consuming uh, in the last year or so is alcohol. How much of the destruction of other reality contestants that you have seen in terms of people who do not handle the cameras and the lights well mm. contributed to that decision. That didn't that wasn't one of the reasons why I stopped drinking. I stopped drinking because the highs and the lows, when I film a show, I'm on a high. Off the back of the show coming out, I'm on a high. And then when I'm waiting for another show, I'm on a low. I'm depressed. What am I doing yeah. with my life? I'm like, am I going to make it? Am I a failure? 
does Netflix like me? Am I enough? And all those schoolgirls insecurities mm. start creeping in and I pick up the ball because I want to change mm. the way I feel. And um, it got to the point where I got myself in such a bad state of depression that I just wanted mm. to kill myself. And there's so many people in this industry that yeah. have done that, that have took their own lives because they can't cope with the pressure of wanting to keep everyone happy. But actually, like, what I need to do now is focus on what makes me happy. So I've stopped drinking completely. Yay! I'm drinking water. I wish it. There it is. <laughs> Congratulations, yeah. Chloe. Thank you. The podcast is banging and... I am going to give it a listen because I'm looking at the title of some of the episodes and I know that I can't match. Like, I don't have sharing vibrator stories. Oh, oh. Chloe. Yeah, oh. Jacqueline. Jacqueline. She straightened up on that one. Yeah, Jacqueline. Oh, so this Jacqueline is real, that's so, a real podcast. They talk about real shit over there. So Jacqueline, Jacqueline's going to be a guest then because we can't oh. even begin to go down the road of vibrations and such um, Chloe, I don't know nothing about vibrators honestly, and I definitely don't know nothing about sharing them no. <laughs> you need to join the yeah. podcast and I will strictly tell the producers how much to talk about it's already done and dusted she's hilarious Chloe yeah. Beach Thank you so Thank much you for coming on the podcast. That's what's up. We look forward to everything. That's the show. Royce Job Fair is a product of Comedy Central Paramount and South Park and Princeton Productions. Down South Georgia Girl here real quick. Third. I forgot about this one. Two live crew with the Pretty Woman lawsuit. Campbell versus Akif Rose Music Incorporated. I remember this because I flunked mass media law. <laughs> Say word. And it's why I remember this I case about people. parody. I hate having shit like parody. that in common with you, bro. Because I, fuck people, I don't that was a hard care. class. No, I'm not representing that. that was a hard class. It took me two times to pass. There's no pictures Mm-mm. in law books, Jacqueline. <laughs> you know that. You can't deal with no, no pictures. No it's the pictures. only course you take in common with you no pictures. You didn't go to that class. That's Ooh. what was going on. But go ahead. Disrespectful. I, I didn't go the first time. The third time I tried, and I was like, ooh, shit. I see why I stopped going the first two times. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.